This podcast is supported by HomeTap, the smart new way to access your home's equity and pay for life's expenses without a loan. Receive cash in as little as three weeks and use it for anything you'd like, from paying off debt to funding renovations and more. The best part? There aren't any monthly payments or interest to worry about. Learn more and get a personalized estimate at HomeTap.com. That's HomeTap.com. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. to source material my name is jesse starcher and this evening we will be bringing to you a book that came out not too long ago about a character that hasn't been in the spotlight too much uh although her popularity has gained quite a bit here recently and tonight i'm bringing upon a cast of characters the usuals mark radlich how you doing hello sir how are you Doing good, doing good. Uh, Ronnie Adams, are you eating the chips? I, I didn't eat chips the first time. <laughs> uh, I'll take your word for it. And uh, I'm Ronnie, only... Ronnie, we have a girl here. We have to behave. Shh, Ronnie. Hey, listen, you don't have to worry about me, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is right. We have on here special guests co-host this evening she comes from honeysuckle rose creations <laughs> she's been on the she's been on the rattlech and broadcasting network before her name is alexis hey now how you doing alexis you actually got my last name right so we're off to a good start good start yes indeed it is we we've come here this evening to talk about a book that Came out in, I think it was 2000, I want to say 2016, 2017, somewhere. Uh, in September of 2015, Mockingbird, <laughs> Mockingbird starred in the, in the one-shot Mockingbird Shield 50th anniversary uh, by writer Chelsea Kane and Joelle Jones. That November, Marvel announced the launch of a first ongoing series by Kane and artist Kate Nimenchek in March of 2016. And it was canceled after eight issues due to poor sales, despite receiving critical acclaim. So that would have been at the end of 2016. Correct. When it was canceled. Okay, there we go. There's your date, ladies and gentlemen, 2016. We're talking Mockingbird. Mockingbird issues six through eight, uh, specifically a trade that was titled My Feminist Agenda. Now, Mark, you chose this because, you know, you do a great job scheduling the podcast. Okay, help me out here, Mark Radlich. Why, why are we talking Mockingbird tonight? 
Well, March 8th is actually National Women's Day, and uh, that's next week. It'll be the week that this uh, debuts on the Rattledgen Broadcasting Network. Let me let me go back a second. My daughter has, my seven-year-old daughter has criticized my podcast for being male exclusive, excluding females from the podcast. That's what she thinks. So that's not true. I've had Alexis on the podcast several times. I've had uh, my now supervisor, uh, Adrian Wagner, on to discuss, I believe it was Cooked yep. on uh, Netflix. So, you know, we've had Goyles before. I've had my wife on a bunch of different shows. In her mind, she was like, you don't have enough women on your podcast. This is what this little girl told, told me last year. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to endeavor to to try to get more girls on the uh, on the Rattled and Broadcast, or more women on the Rattled and Broadcasting Network to talk about various things. And I thought, you know what? I like gimmicks. <laughs> and I thought, and I saw it was National Women's Day on March 8th. And I thought, well, let's celebrate a female, a lesser known female comic book character. Because like we did Wonder Woman, but we did that because the film came out. So why not do something that isn't like currently in the media? The other side of this was I happened to be looking through trades last year at my local bookstore, and I saw the Mockingbird series, the Mockingbird trades, I Can Explain, and My Feminist Agenda. The first time I saw the My Feminist Agenda one, I laughed out loud. I thought that 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 tickled me. I thought it was very funny. I did not have, I guess, the neckbeard reaction of must kill women. Um, but I guess we'll get, we'll talk about that later. I look, I enjoyed the character on Agents of Shield. I enjoyed her when she was in the West Coast Avengers, and I thought, well, I'm going to give her solo series a chance here and see what that's all about, kind of get out of my own little comfort zone of comic book characters. And turns out, I really enjoyed this series thoroughly, and I wanted to talk about this particular one. Um. Also because it engendered some controversy, and I thought it would be an interesting conversation for us to have. But if nothing else, it was an excuse for to call on my good friend, Alexis. You know, explain to them why you're doing that. I mean, at some point, I would like to know why you butcher her name. He claims he claims it so he'll never get it incorrect again. But the problem is, is that he gets it incorrect every single time. He never called her by her actual name, at least as far as the podcast that I've ever heard. It's always 9,000 at the end. Go ahead, Mark Incorrect. It's, you know, I'm just, I'm just emphasizing. No, the reason why I do that, the gimmick here is that I fucked up her name once and Sean laid into me because of it. And now I won't stop. I'll never get it wrong again. <laughs> as he continually gets it wrong every time. Uh, it's not wrong. It's emphasis. There's a difference, right, Alexis? It's this? wrong. Oh. oh, you really think I'm taking sides with this debate? I'm just going to quietly in the corner with my corgi. Here's the thing. I had to send her, you know, I had to include her in on the chat today. And I kept, you know, I kept typing in her name with nine, nine or ten isses at the end. She's not a <laughs> under that. You, you messed me all up, Mark Radlich. Well, that was um, all part of my feminist agenda. You should ask me about oh, it. Oh, yeah, I think I will. You got a shirt? Um, <laughs> I will. I'm going on Etsy right now. Right. Hey, like Mindy. Hey, Mindy. Hey, Mindy. Sure. <laughs> ask the Source Material podcast about our feminist agenda. Oh, boy. Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> so now here's the thing. I did not know. Mockingbird showed up. Like, did she take the Mockingbird uh, moniker in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Talking about the TV series. Mo the Mockingbird character in Marvel has been around for decades. 
Okay. Like I but, said, she, she was an Avenger. She was in the West Coast Avengers. She was married to Hawkeye for a while because because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has strayed considerably from the uh, the long history. One of the long histories of the Marvel <laughs> Universe has been quite yeah. a few. Not as many as DC, but, you know, I'm still, my nose is still bleeding over last week's conversation of <laughs> 52 in Rebirth. I don't even know if we answered your 50. Your, your question, I think, still remains on answered because it it doesn't have one i was listening to it again and i'm like nope still don't have an answer and like breaking (laughs) windows in my house i could just want a simple answer anyway (laughs) but no mockingbird that hero has kind of been around forever now um in some iteration as i said she was married to hawkeye one she was sort of like one of the co-leaders of the west coast avengers she's since been sort of rewritten as an agent of shield and and then this series delves into that somewhat there's a lot this ties directly into and you can t- and actually the if you look at the individual issues this le- the last issue is the same cover as the trade and where she's wearing the t-shirt that says ask me about my feminist agenda calm down neckbeards and it's actually a tie into civil war and the whole story kind of revolves around an incident that happens in civil war involving hawkeye and this is civil war 2 the sequel right. abe lincoln's revenge <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Ronnie, know much about Mockingbird? This first time you've ever, you know, have you read much about her? Uh, I've read, I mean, like, unfortunately, like, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was, um, it it opened the character up a lot more, but unfortunately, she's been mostly a secondary character in the stuff that I've read, in, or, you know, a, a cast player, you know, um, mm-hmm. in West Coast Avengers, and even in Spider-Man recently, she and um, Peter Parker had a relationship. So it's always been she's always been um, a secondary player in the in the stuff that I've read, but uh, but yeah, I, I knew about her and, and her marriage to Hawkeye and the uh, Phantom Rider. I had no <clears> idea about that storyline, and, and yeah, well, it was it was it's kind of weird the, the Phantom Rider storyline in, in West Coast. I've never really I didn't know much about her other than that. Okay, all right. Now, me personally, I have no history really with this character. I remember reading Fractions Hawkeye. And I think Mm -hmm. she showed up in that. Yeah. I think she had a a few issues there. Actually, a pretty strong run, if I remember right, in that in that series. It's been a while since I read it. So I didn't know much about the character at all prior to getting into this. Now, Alexis, I'm going to start I'm going to start out uh, with a broader question first, and then we'll kind of narrow it down to the same question. First off, Alexis, do you read comics? Yes, I, yes, I do actually read comics. I have a very large stack of them now. I will admit that I, it's always a little bit ironic is that I actually read more DC comics because I am addicted to the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I will watch the Marvel movies a hundred times over and never get sick of them. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I prefer a lot more DC comics. I've read Kingdom Come more times than I can count. I consider Red Sun to be my all time favorite graphic novel. It's a good one. Have you heard our Red Sun discussion? <laughs> Would you hate me if I said no? <laughs> Disconnector. Super, Superman's a commie. Go. Disconnector from the podcast. <laughs> It's okay. It's all right. That was a great comic. The first time I read it was when we did that podcast two or three weeks ago. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Tremendous. But yes, I have a huge thing of comics upstairs that I that I go through. I usually take a handful of books with me uh, whenever I work at comic conventions. 
I just picked up Batman meets the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Haven't Ooh. had a chance to start going through that yet, but it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few requests of people uh, from people asking me to cover that. So I've heard I've heard good things. Haven't read it, but uh, yeah, I've heard good things about that. Now, do you have like a favorite creator or creator artist or writer at all? Well, there's, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because obviously I love Alex Ross's design. His image, his illustrations are just some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. But then when I talk to people who work in the comic industry, they tell me Ross is kind of an asshole. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I've heard online and on Facebook when people talk about when they worked at DC and when they work conventions where he's been there. He, they say he's just kind of an unpleasant person. So <laughs> it's like, well, I, I and obviously I've never met him. He may be a perfectly pleasant kind, pleasant man. I. I, I have no idea of what I've been told online. So, but you know, regardless, his work, some of the most beautiful comics I've ever read. I, my uh, 13 year old cousin just started getting into comics and I took her to my favorite comic book shop and I had her pick out books. She picked out Kingdom Come. Oh, she good out, stuff. Uh, she wanted Old Man Logan. Mm. And I insisted on giving her the first volume of The Runaways. So I said, you're a teenager now. You need to read this. Yeah. Brian K. Vaughn. Did you listen to our source material on The Runaways, volume one? Would you hate her? She said no. <laughs> <laughs> Any, have you had any experience reading anything with Mockingbird in it? No, I haven't. This is my first time reading it. I hate to say it. I was at, I was asked if I wanted to talk about it. I said, sure. And then I went on to Amazon. I said, Amazon Prime, buy me, get me these books. <laughs> and they literally came in the mail today because oh. Prime got delayed for some reason. Blame it on Mother Nature's screwy weather. But I, I finished the book. I'm not going to break it down issue by issue. It's only three issues, but regardless, uh, I'm going to keep the story tight here and then we'll get into our, our talking points. Um, but anything else from the crew before I head off in the wobble yonder and synopsis this thing? I think it's important to note the one issue from Civil War 2 that this kind of revol- lightly revolves around because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't form a lot of a lot of the story. In, and I just read about this today, actually. But in Civil War 2, there is the a, a warning, a premonition of sorts that the Avengers will get killed by the Hulk, uh, at which point they trick Banner into walking out into the, into the open where he's murdered in cold blood by Hawkeye. Um, and now Hawkeye is on trial for the murder of Bruce Banner, which brings us to our story. Okay, I kind of disagree with Mark. I think it, w- it was done at the request of Bruce Banner. That's now, that. That's the defense, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the, that he was murdered and he was he was premeditated. It was assisted suicide. You, I don't think it be, was murder. I think um, it was a, a spell safe because you have to look at it. He killed him, didn't he? Well, yeah. Did he know he was being killed at the time? He knew if he's going to Hulk out, he's going to get killed. Okay. He asked, but, he asked Hulk out to do it. Okay, but at the time that it happens. The way that I read the wiki on this, because again, I haven't read the book, so so I so tell, correct me if I'm wrong here. Point of fact, Banner, correct me if I'm wrong. What Banner didn't know he was walking into a trap, and he got and he got an arrow in the face by uh, by Hawkeye. That's murder. Even if at some point you had a prearrangement to say, "Hey, if I ever go crazy, go ahead and take me out." At the time, he wasn't the Hulk. He wasn't going crazy. He hadn't done anything. I don't know. Since World War Hulk, you know, that little episode. He chose Hawkeye because Hawkeye was the only one that could see the micro, like, like it could see him changing in the blink of an eye. If he said, if you see any hint of me hulking out, you know, it doesn't matter. Kill me. So he knew 
when he walked out there, I mean, he had to have known when he walked nope. out there that he was probably going to get an arrow to the face. And this has uh, been our Civil War II discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's get back to Mockingbird. Yeah, I was going to say, like, let's table this for now because we don't. We must. This isn't what, what this isn't what we're here to discuss. But so he was murdered by Hawkeye, and now oh, Hawkeye's on, <laughs> on, now Hawkeye's on trial for cold-blooded first-degree murder. And go Jesse. All right. Okay. Now. With this going on in the world at this time, it's it's Hawkeye's ex-wife, uh, a lady by the name of Bobby Morse, who goes by the code name Mockingbird. Uh, she has been told that uh, by an informant, there are some information that they that she needs to get in order to try and make sure that Hawkeye is not convicted. It could it could result in his acquittal, basically, and help help his defense. In order to get this information. So she she was sent this ticket to go on this cruise and it's a cosplay cruise. While she gets on the cruise, she finds that her informant just ended up dead with Hulk. Hulk lives written on the walls. After some investigation along with the captain and crew, a few Chardonnays and a foot chase, also can't forget the help of her uh, corgi-loving boyfriend, uh, ex-boyfriend, I should say, by the name of Hunter. Uh, it is revealed that her being on the cruise was an elaborate plan put in place of a returning ex-boyfriend from the past. And I mean the past. By the name of Lincoln Slade, the Phantom Rider. Ladies and gentlemen, the Phantom Rider, okay? I, I imagine you could picture a cowboy, a masked cowboy, completely in white, and is almost like a specter, like a, a ghost, okay? And this guy has been around since, like, the, I want to say the 1800s. There is quite a bit of history between Lincoln Slade and Mockingbird, and it involves time travel. It's pretty crazy, all sorts of crazy stuff. But regardless, he now wants her back. And the only way that he can do this, he, he apparently he can possess relatives. And sure enough, there's a relative on this cruise. It's all sort of crazy stuff. But try as he might, unsuccessfully attempting to turn the Hulk supporters on her, summoning his ghostly horse to gain an advantage, even raising pirates from the depths of the Bermuda Triangle. The Phantom Rider cannot woo Bobby Morse, Mockingbird, back into his arms. He, instead, he punches her square in the face. Tossing her overboard like George Lucas does. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, Take she is from Lucas on this one. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, though, she is rescued by a band of mermaid corgis and whisked away to a vacation resort where Hunter and the newly acquitted Hawkeye tend to rubbing her feet. Now, I synopsis the crap out of that there i'm sure there's plenty of stuff that i left out but i wanted to make sure we touched on the main characters which was pretty much hunter uh who was another he was a spy as well mockingbird obviously phantom rider and that's kind of about it uh so the story is really felt all over the place and it was kind of hard for me to really kind of summarize but that is the best i could do i want to read this really quick just so everyone gets some some idea of why the author chose to use phantom rider in this and what the connection between phantom rider and mockingbird is it's it's somewhat alluded to in the book but here's this is from comic vine the third Phantom Rider, Lincoln Slade. When Jamie Jacobs, the second Phantom Rider, was killed in action, Carter Slade's brother, a U.S. Marshal named Lincoln Slade, became the third Phantom Rider. Lincoln would team up with the other heroes of his time and along with a small band of Avengers to defeat Kang the Conqueror. Lincoln Slade was driven mad from the spirits for not being chosen to wear the costume.
costume. This brought him to a breaking point that he used a potion to control and rape the time-traveling Avenger, Mockingbird. Ooh. Once the potion wore off, she fought and defeated him, but in the course of the battle, he fell to his death from a cliff. This became a major bone of contention, as is brought up in the book, because to one degree or another, Hawkeye basically accuses her of of like third degree murder, essentially. She let him fall to his death when she could have saved him. Then she has her defense of that. But that's where the, the crux of this is all coming from. Let, let's let's go back a second and let, let's take the story as a whole. This was a fun little murder mystery. You know, the, fir- the, the first volume of this, which you guys haven't read, but which if you haven't, you should. I can explain. It's kind of like a reintroduction of the character. You know, she throughout the the couple of issues, the the it's the tone of the entire book is this is the, is, is is the same as this one, where it's very tongue in cheek at times and very quirky and funny and modern. You know, things like hashtags in the middle of thought bubbles and things like that. So that's all consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, there's more of that here in my feminist agenda, which you know lends itself to to being a very humorous book. But this specific three issue story arc is is like I said a murderous. I mean, she she's lured onto this butt into this boat, and um, it's like you know, with the bait being I have I have information that will help Hawkeye out in his uh, cold blooded murder trial, right, Ronnie? Yes. And um, <laughs> if you say so, Mark. <laughs> Uh, you know what she figures out along the way is that she's been had that's not why that that nobody has any information on hawkeye this was an elaborate plot to get her back in the arms of the phantom rider and it all gets kind of wrapped up very quickly but like i said along the way you have this fun uh mystery tale that is really propped up by the fact that she's that she's a quirky and fun character her relationship with lance hunter is pretty entertaining and you have a lot of other colorful side character is a lot of other colorful side characters in this book i would i mean we're not really up to like final thoughts on this but this is definitely is one of those books where you know we talk about the pendulum of the things that we read where you know if one side is baby dark side and you know and, and universe is collapsing on themselves and wacky race land and people turning into buildings and fighting each other <laughs> All covered here on the Source Material Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And the pendulum then swinging the other way to, you know, it couldn't be any simpler than the Punisher just murdering his way through, uh, through Bed-Stuy. This one's kind this one sits slightly right in the middle, maybe slightly, you know, going in the Punisher direction. It's a fairly simple, easy to read, fun story. I thought it was okay. You know, nothing about it really jumped out and said, oh my God, this is awesome. I thought it was a pretty average comic. I will say this, that I was a little distracted by two elements throughout the book. First of all, like you said, this is a cosplay cruise that they're on. It's basically a Comic-Con cruise. Mm-hmm. And I am a Comic-Con vendor, and that's there's a lot of talk about all the things going on there. I'm like, oh, God, this would be my worst nightmare having to work <laughs> cruise like that shoot me now i love the page where it shows the vendors and then just the next panel is them still sitting there in the dark i'm like oh god that looks familiar (laughs) and the other fact that there's apparently a corgi appreciation thing going on during the whole thing and every page of the book all i could think is screw the cosplay cruise i want to do a corgi convention and i just wanted more corgi i I do own a corgi he's staring at me right now with his rawhide bone in his mouth (laughs) i want i have i had serious questions about uh you said it was lance hunter mark is that i didn't know his first name i thought his first name was hunter um but uh lance had a shirt that said i'm nuts about corgi butts now (laughs) 
Can I can I ask, is that some kind of a weird corgi subculture reference that I am unaware of? Or is that just something goofy they threw into the story? Uh, th- there is this thing about corgi butts. Corgi <laughs> Come on! They're really cute butts. Um, Googling I, corgi butts. No, don't do it, Mark. Do it, Mark. <laughs> Woo, I got a I got a mess of pictures that came up under Google Images for corgi butts. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Be careful. There's a there's a 47 minute there's a 47 second clip on YouTube of corgi butts. Oh wow! I would not I, be surprised if there were a forty-seven minute clip <laughs> of corgi butts. Ten-hour loop. Jesse, I'm going to send this to you. Please share the following pictures. These are fifteen corgi butts that might break the internet. Why am I? No. Yes. Who am I sharing this with? <laughs> Anyone watching this? <laughs> watching our discussion of this on YouTube currently? Are you hey, kidding you want, me? You want something else? Girlfriend of mine sent me an ad for cookie cutters for corgi butts. No. Oh, come on. Butts. This is a thing. I can't. I cannot believe this is a thing. Jesse, Jesse, out of all the things you've heard. I was going to say, this you're raising a stink about? This is what surprises you. Dude, well, I just, I see him with this. One thing I take away from this this story was that shirt. I don't, I don't, I know the rest of it's all fun and games, (laughs) but that shirt. Nothing spoke to you except the Corgi Butt. (laughs) Seriously, dude. And now finding out that it's an actual thing. Oh, great. Here comes the incoming message. Thank you. Goodness. Why in the world? That's oh, the magical good. power of corgi butts. Uh, wow. Okay. Start sharing, mister. Yeah, I'll uh I will gladly just go ahead and find uh give me a second here. Ronnie. No. Well, no, you must. <laughs> just for no. the for the record, if you hear growling in the background, that is the Corgi Eddie who's now demanding attention. I think we got his interest peak talking about the butts. Corgi butts. Oh, Eddie, goodness. we're talking about your Corgi butt. You're snoring. It's Logan the Boxer sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> that might break the internet. Why? Are you? What in the world? Why is this a thing? Why is this? <laughs> I can, I'm just saying for once, I'm not the one that derailed the podcast. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are tuning in live, you are in for a treat. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Let me go ahead and switch back. We will certainly go down from 15 to number one. That court is for you, but can, can we rate these? Is that what we're doing now? Can we? This is a list. This is a casual heroes list. 15 for oh. you, <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't think they ever did a list like this. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, now that no. Uh, look at that one. That would go. Those look like. Um, go 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 back down a little bit. My, right no, here. Go back. No, go, go back. back. Oh, go back oh, up. Go back. Stop right there. Those look like tribbles. Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> Uh, triple butts. All right. Loaves of bread or corgi butts. They world may never know. Oh, okay. That's Come a on. gaggle of corgi butts. A gaggle. Why are you still looking at this? <laughs> <laughs> well, Remington Hitchcock is uh is viewing along with us here. He's in the in in the Facebook or not, excuse me, the, the Yahoo. No, it's YouTube. It starts with a Y. YouTube chat. Uh-huh. Uh what's uh-huh. up, Remington? Um yeah, one. Okay, that's not a real dog. I thought that was a real dog for a second. <laughs> <laughs> like you, this is an interesting breed. Can I ask what? a question? Did you start drinking before the podcast? <sighs> it was just like you know what these these kids and their illnesses and they're fucking up my microphones. I need scotch. Yes, please. <laughs> 
We got to reach the end here, Ronnie Adams. Let's see. Corgi butt squad goals, my friend. (laughs) Hashtag squad goals. Uh, All right. Good luck. Hashtag squad goals on corgi butt pictures. (laughs) Good luck hiding when your bum is this adorable. I mean, I want a sleigh pulled by corgis now. I just, I, I want to sell my car and I just want like a sleigh full of corgis to pull me around. Leo is proud of his corgi curves. And listen to what you're saying. (laughs) You're a grown man. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Jeez. Okay. Well, I'm going to wipe my eye. Um, (laughs) Okay. So we have determined that what I've taken on, I think that'll be my talking point, Ronnie Adams. So you have to follow that up. What do you think of this story, dude? I, I really liked it. The, the, I'm, I'm just ignoring the whole Corgi butt situation. Um, <laughs> and you said I, we'd have nothing to talk about tonight. Right? I was that? thinking I we're never going to escape the Corgi butts. Just the, the, the conversation has been like Mockingbird, whatever. More Corgi butts. Okay. So we, we, so Alexis. Yes. Make sure everyone heard me. So part of what the discussion always becomes with these podcasts is what music we're going to be. I'd like to thank you for for telling us or guiding us in the direction of Corgi Bucks and me then taking the ball and running wild with it like I normally do. Because now, Jesse, the opening music has to be I Like Big Bucks. Oh, Oh, Lord. (laughs) And then end with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Uh, If I could find. okay, you know how Ailstorm did their dog (laughs) version. If I can find a Googling, I like dog butts. Got it. <laughs> Send it my way. That's Lord all I need. God. Um, so what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Attempting to get back on topic. Was I actually did read the entire run of this. And uh, and I enjoyed it. Uh, mainly because it puts me in the mind of, uh, of titles like Squirrel, Squirrel Girl. Patsy Walker, Howard the Duck. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of you know the Fraction Hawkeye run because yeah. it was it was just you know every day, N- no world ending, no Hulk killing. Well, a little bit of Hulk killing, but uh, <laughs> but it didn't really it didn't really have anything you know that wasn't the main part of it. It was just you know a means to an end, and um, so I, I really liked it. But the thing about it is is um, it really shocked me how flippantly they they took the whole Phantom Rider thing at the end. Like the the dude is a murderous rapist, and she's like, and and then like she wants to capture his essence in a shampoo bottle. It, it, it was just I, I don't know. I, I hear you. No, I hear you. Off, it took me off guard. I shouldn't, you know. But you know that aside, I I mean I really I mean I enjoyed the whole thing. I you know. Okay. That, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin um, a gimmick that we have on this podcast, but I actually agree with Ronnie. Dear God. Uh-oh. <laughs> because as much as I enjoyed the silliness of the story, I, I liked the tone of this. But then they introduced a character who, like, raped this woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's, you know, and it's treated with all the, you know, all the seriousness of a sitcom of, of a sitcom. In fact, I've seen some sitcoms treat that situation a lot more seriously. Right. And, you know, like I didn't need it to go like Jessica Jones on us. But, no, no, not at all. But I, but again, it's like, I don't, 
I don't bash Chelsea Kane for her for the tone or the message she's trying to get through this book or how she's treating this character. Where I would object to Chelsea Kane's treatment of the character is you took if you're going to introduce that particular villain with that history with 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 Mockingbird, then you needed to treat it a little bit more carefully and a little bit more seriousness than she did. To, to me, it was like the author was like, well, this happened. That's a great... It was almost like she sat down with the Marvel editors and was like, who has some connections to, to Mockingbird? And it was like, well, there's this one and this one and the Avengers did this and then there's Ultron and oh, and this one raped her. She was like, give me that one. I can do something with that. And then, and, and then it was like she just sort of introduces him and just as quickly does away with it in a flippant fashion. Alexis, do you have an opinion on how it was handled with Phantom Rider? Honestly, not really. Um, I, again, I'm I do enjoy Marvel comics, but I was not familiar with Phantom Rider. I was not familiar with his past, so I was kind of scrambling to keep up. There was part of it. I'm, I'm going to go try to find the page here. Oh God! And I open the page, and there's the corgi butcher. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here it is. Clint did divorce me because he thought I murdered you. He divorced me because I cheated on him. He told himself that you had drugged me, taken advantage of me, but he never truly believed it. It's too ridiculous. He knows that I've always made my own decisions and that I'll live with the consequences. That's the first time I've ever heard it explained like that, though. I vaguely remember this story. I, I'm going to have to do some research to figure out where it was. But I vaguely remember a, fan, a, a, a Phantom Rider story. So when she brought it up, it, it, it dinged a bit of my memory. But like I, 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 I have completely forgotten the details by this point. So I'm just going off of what was written here in the book. And, you know, look, Chelsea Kings can interpret, you know, the history of a Marvel character any way she wants to tell her story. That's not my issue. My issue is... Shouldn't there have been uh, just a the the tenor of that last bit of it? I mean, we have ghost pirates that show up. They're just like, you want us to do what now? And they're all like, oh, very British. Wait. And you know, you know. that is what you choose instead of the corgi mermaids. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that happens afterwards, of course. <laughs> that no, the, the yeah, the the final issue really had me going. Well, is she okay? Uh, no, I'm not talking about Chelsea. I'm talking about Mockingbird. Yeah, I was wondering if there was some kind of a problem with her because everything, all this, she gets decked, she flies off the ship, and then the next thing you know, Corgi Mermaids, and she's on a deserted island. Well, not deserted, but she's like, a, on. next thing you know, she's on a, a like a, a vacation resort island, and Hunter, Lance Hunter shows up to rescue her, uh, in quotes. But it was very, I agree with you, Ronnie. It felt very light lighthearted mm-hmm. and, and the whole topic of how the phantom rider was handled i mean i don't know i, I knew it, just by what we'd seen in the it issue, comes across as a joke the issue and issue and a half that we had prior to phantom rider showing up it was very lighthearted already so i didn't expect it to i i guess you know if it took a sharp serious turn after that i don't know if that would have fit in tone with the book itself but it could have been done i agree it does feel like it was kind of handled lightly for as serious as the history is for that character. But I can tell you that I didn't know much about Lincoln Slade going into this. I knew he was a character. Uh, I've got up an issue of Bleeding Cool, a a page from bleedingcool.com. This took place in the West Coast Avengers. Mm -hmm. By all accounts, that's rape, even in the 1870s. Now, eventually everything got sorted out, rescued, dealt with, but Mockingbird had a final confrontation with the Phantom Rider where he goes off cliff. 
which led to Mockingbird letting Phantom Rider fall to his death, blah, blah, blah. And yes, she had lied to her husband, Hawkeye, kind of, until it all came out. The Phantom Rider is a ghost after all, kind of. So this whole article is basically about how this how uh, my feminist agenda kind of retcons some of what happened um okay. i was wondering if that's what they were going for well today the phantom rider is back in mockingbird's life and is just as obsessed we get a flashback to this to the situation coming up in the marriage counseling which is a lot more civilized than we saw in west coast avengers mm. and a flash forward to a possessed porter try, uh trying it on da, 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 da. and while mockingbird is certainly not buying it she doesn't seem quite as bothered as you might expect and yes there was that reference to exes would that be the right term something else go- is going on and we get an explanation and a rewrite of what we once knew it was a consensual if regretted relationship that had nothing to do with any love potion so the whole previous version of events are now being rewritten and mockingbird was never raped question mark <laughs> very- and just in case anyone thinks chelsea didn't read those west coast avengers issues there's the thing of the Phantom Rider hitting her in the face and going, if I can't be with you, no one can, which is exactly what was said in the West Coast Avengers. So there okay. we go. They are fictional characters. You can do that sort of thing. I mean, I guess that an- that's, the, that's, that's the answer to the question, why didn't she take, treat this more seriously? Because yeah. in, in, instead of it being... Instead of it, well, her interpret her interpretation seems to be a regretted relationship, not a rape. You know, so I don't know. It's just, and that, it's just and that's what I got from it. I, it's just I, I, weird to me. Okay, all right, I got you. I felt like the tone of the book just kind of went back and forth. It was very hard to tell. Yeah, if it was being taken light or if it was being taken serious. A lot of times, it kind of reminded me. It's like, did she just want to write an episode of Daria with some really weird crap on the side of it or something? <laughs> because honestly, that's what Mockingbird comes across. She comes across very much so. So, like a grown-up Daria. I can remember the scene where they walk into the cabin. You know, the guy, the informant with the horse head, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who is laying dead with a knife stuck in his, you know, right in his stomach or his chest, wh- wh- whichever one it was. But again, it was that felt very dark to me. But there were a lot of jokes that were being made uh, during that during that time, like you know, the rundown of who the who the possible suspects were. Um, so yeah, it, it was taking something dark and, and making it light. It, it didn't feel very comfortable to me sometimes. Uh, but then again, I you know. And I will say this: they said something about nerds loving their horse heads, wearing their horse head masks. <laughs> I've been to several comic cons recently. Okay. I don't see any horse head masks. Uh, Alexis. I think the horse head mask trend has died down. Uh, now, I'm willing to bet that when this was written and when they were first illustrating it, yes, the horse head trend was still very popular because I remember a couple of years ago seeing a decent amount of those at some of the bigger Comic Cons. Really? Nowadays, it, no one has any of those. The trend has just died. I, I had no idea that was a real thing. And now That's I'm ashamed, a real thing. Now I'm ashamed to have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right then you 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 people in your comic books make me sick quite frankly Uh, i'm sorry mark radlich let's let's there have been two great revelations on here one for you there's horse heads for me corgi butts yeah you're much more devastated by the corgi butts I was at the end of this. We get Lance, we get Hawkeye, and we get um, Bobby or Mockingbird. Uh, all three of them are, I, I assume, staying at the same room or staying at the same resort hotel, and she's having both of them rubber feet. 
that was that was kind of like the last page of this series. Did you see the Did you see the article I sent you about that? Marvel teases polyamorous hero in Hawkeye's ex Mockingbird. Wow! Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was from Inverse.com, and it basically they they look at that last panel and they were like. Is Chelsea Kane in this is the whole article, by the way. Is Chelsea Kane implying that Bobby Morse is polyamorous? Yeah. Yeah. We've had that discussion on the network quite a few times and on this podcast. Uh, yeah, we have. And believe it, it was it was Flintstones. The Flintstones. <laughs> I wow. completely purged that from my mind. I want to read the last paragraph of this article about is Bobby Morse polyamorous. Oh, please. It's why the epilogue feels like more than just a fun little ending <laughs> of the series. As we get a deeper understanding of Morse as a character, her frustrations with having to compromise on her superpower <laughs> aspirations and then society also extends to her relationships. The ending is Morse giving herself the option of not having to compromise in what she really wants, especially because she clearly isn't interested in settling for anything at the moment. And so the implication is that she still loves Hawkeye and she loves Lance and she's not willing to choose between them. Uh, and so she chooses both and they are not. And, and, and I guess they're both OK with it. It doesn't go any further than foot rubbing. It's a fucking comic book. The comic books definitely ask some interesting societal questions. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued by the idea of a Marvel comic, you know, one of these mainstream comics dealing with like the Flintstones dealt with, um, polyamory and gay and and gay relationships and everything. There was definitely an agenda with that book. As we Mm -hmm. talked about, it drove Ronnie right up the fucking wall. If I remember correctly, (laughs) I don't know if as much as the book is entitled, my feminist asked me my feminist agenda. I don't know if there really was one here, but I don't, I don't hold it against the author for introducing those kinds of elements and having fun with them. That to me kind of falls into the heading of, well, why not? You know, it's harmless. I don't know. Like what, you know, it's, it's this conversation actually that uh, mutual friend of ours, uh, Alexis and I's fr- uh, friend Sean has talked about where he gets really aggravated and, and many others do too about the idea of changing a character's sexual orientation or, you know, something along those lines just to, you know, j- just to have a character with you know with with different orientations in the marketplace and i said but why who cares yeah um, it's just appeal to a wider audience it doesn't actually expand the character it doesn't develop the story it is just to hit a wider demographic um which that that's an argument that i think is valid but the overarching argument of you know for example i guess the, the one that he threw out there way back when we had this first discussion was the thought about making spider-man gay and it's like i i guess the, the argument that the, that's that I've always dealt with with some of the friends of our podcast here has been if you're going to create characters with ver- with a variety of, of sexual orientations, you know, cultural orientations, races, etc., just make new characters. Stop right. taking the old. Don't make Thor a girl. Don't make the Hulk Korean. You know, don't don't take gay. Don't take straight characters and suddenly make him gay. I get it. I just, I don't, my heart's not really in those arguments though. Um, But I see where people are coming from. Yeah. Hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) They've never, but hang on on that one. They've never explicitly said she was straight either. Well, I think it still uh, goes to the same argument. Now, I was going to say, the thing made me laugh the hardest actually about this book was 
I, I, I took a guess and I went to Etsy and I Googled, asked me about my feminist agenda. And guys, there is so much crap made <laughs> by these crafters that has asked me about my feminist agenda. Mm-hmm. T-shirts, buttons, signs, keychains, needlepoint. There is an ask me about my feminist agenda needlepoint. <laughs> it, well, okay, let me throw this to you here, Alexis. Did, did the whole feminist agenda thing did there feel like there was one here at all or am i missing out on something because i i didn't feel like something was being preached to me here you know what i know i hate to say it was i think some people thought it was being a feminist agenda um honestly her attitude in the book didn't really come across as feminist to me it came across as uh kind of bitchy okay mm. yeah she seems to to me, it was more of I'm a badass superhero, not that, you know, not anything more than that. I mean, I think if there's any if there's any feminism as a theme in the book, it's it's that. And if you look at the, the term feminism, it's the belief or practice that that the sexes are equal. She's not treated any differently in this book than any male superhero would be. She she took control of an investigation of a, of a murder investigation. She confronted an arch enemy and dealt with him rather efficiently. Take take Mockingbird out. Put any non superpowered, just you know, ninja fight. Put Batman in there. Okay, so Batman's on the boat instead of Mockingbird. Does the story change significantly? I don't think so. I would say that. Well, I don't know. It depends on who's writing it. Um, but it would probably have a way darker tone. <laughs> Batman's involved. <laughs> I would say that's gotta happen because we're not. Batman's been involved in some fun stories, but I don't know if it would be a, you would be able to spin something like this and make it believable for Batman, which is wow. Maybe that's maybe that's my masculinity uh, affecting my uh, conception or perception of a character. I don't know. Racist. Uh, uh, yeah. Or my, yeah, sure. My racism. I'm, I'm oh racist against cruise ships specifically. Costume. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I didn't I didn't feel preached to. I didn't feel that there was an agenda here. So let's go ahead and talk about as Mark Radelich so eloquently put it, neckbeards and their problem <laughs> with this book. Now we read the last three issues. So Mark, you said you've read the first uh seven. And Ronnie, I think you said you've read uh, this series. It might have been yeah. a while, but is Again, is there something we're missing out here when it comes to a preaching an agenda, Mark? Okay, what people reacted to was literally the T-shirt she wears on the cover. Are of you issue. kidding me? No, that's a, there was little. It was like people. That's it. Let's put it this way: the story of the Mockingbird series was nobody cared, nobody cared, nobody cared, nobody cared, nobody cared. Holy fuck! This girl, this this imaginary character, is wearing a T-shirt that says "Ask me about my feminist agenda." Burn the comic book store down. That's the story. Wow. He's pretty much right. Yes, it was uh, straight from EW, uh, entertainmentweekly.com, where they released a story about Chelsea Kane, the author of her story here, who had to pretty much shut down her Twitter because of the insane backlash that she had over that picture. It just kind of makes me laugh, especially when as cool as the picture is from an artist's standpoint, it is a very lovely picture. There's just so many other images from that comic that I think would have made much better cover pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally would have gone with something. I love the uh, image of her in that sexy cocktail dress and you think she's at a casino and no, she's playing D&D. <laughs> that, that, that's funny. I'm like, that would have been so much more fun to play around with for a cover. 
I really don't have any idea as to why people uh, would react the way that they did. It's the same thing. It's the same reason people reacted the way they did to an all-female cast for Ghostbusters. Now, while the movie sucked, (laughs) I'm sorry it did. It was just not a good movie. People were just—I don't know—up in arms. People find anything in oh, people find anything and everything to be mad about now. There, there's a great video, Jesse. I sent it to you. I don't know if you ever watched it, but it was Scientist Man uh, talks about the the Ghostbusters controversy and the media portrayed. I'm going to link this to the Mockingbird thing, but the media portrayed the backlash against an all-female cast Ghostbusters, you know, as a sort of worldwide phenomena where men rose up in, in large armies to, you know, to challenge women in their place in the male entertainment sphere. You know, it was as if to say every male on earth got up and said, hey, 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 you're muscling in on our territory. No female Ghostbusters. And when they look at the numbers, we're talking fractions of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of people. But it was like if a million people watched the trailer and 1% vocalized their distaste for an all-females Ghostbusters, that 1% was made to look like 100%. So it was a completely drummed-up controversy. And I think that that's the problem here we have with the Mockingbird, you know, My Feminist Agenda t-shirt picture, which is... The book didn't sell. That's why it got canceled after eight, you know, after eight issues. As funny as I think it is, and you know, we all seem to enjoy the book. One, we didn't buy it when we. This this feels yeah. like uh, Whitney. Oh gosh, what's her name that does that? That was the producer of uh, Two Broke Girls. Whitney Cummings. Whitney Cummings had a show, and nobody watched it, and it got canceled. And so, and and she, and I remember her doing stand up, uh, or, or after that period, she was like, she's talking about the show, and people are clapping for her, and she was like, fuck all of you, none of you watch. That's why. I got canceled um which made me laugh as did the audience but it was that kind of a thing it was where the open-minded people people willing to accept uh, a wide variety of superheroes male and female still didn't take to the book in when we had the opportunity to so the book failed and it was canceled and it would have canceled without even making a blip on the radar had that cover not been used in issue eight and then subsequently for the trade but that but yeah. people but, but a, a percentage of a percentage of a percentage of people an extremely small fraction got on twitter and and look i can see where chelsea kane is coming from there's a reason i don't write for 411 mania anymore you know, because again, we're talking about a small fraction of people yelling "fuck you" at me through a computer. I don't need it. I don't want to be bothered. Like I love doing these podcasts, but we don't get comments on them. If people listen and they listen in their cars. They listen where they don't have an effective means of communicating with us. So that works for me. But you know, you have this author who puts this p- particular piece of art out there, and a small fraction of people react to it. But th- that fraction reacted extremely negatively, and. She was like, well, I'm a professional writer. I don't have to put up with this and got off Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I get where she's coming from, but I wouldn't necessarily call it like a huge like we only know about it because we're doing a podcast about it tonight. But I wouldn't have even known this controversy existed had we not. To be perfectly honest, I'm pretty much on Twitter under protest. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, I, I have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for Honeysuckle Rose Creations, my company. And Twitter is the one that I use the least. And I got on Twitter just because I was getting nagged by other people. I was like, why don't you have a Twitter? You need a Twitter. I'm like everything that goes on Twitter already goes on Facebook. Because mm-hmm. Facebook is my primary social media. It's the one I use. You know, it's like, I'm getting off Twitter. I'm like, 
you're not going to be missed because nobody gives a crap about Twitter anymore. You know, we always, we asked about how tw- it's like, well, it was on Twitter and he tweeted this and everything. It's like, you know, sorry, Trumpy in the white house can love it as much as he wants to, but Twitter is undoubtedly the, one of the most outdated and useless pieces of social media in the market. I find Twitter painful to read. I have a handful of friends through various uh, avenues. You know, people I've I've known in real life, people I've met through podcasts and blogging and whatnot. And I, I see them on Twitter constantly. And I feel like they're damaged. They've lost their ability to have an inner monologue. <laughs> everything they think has to go on twitter and it's like i can't read this anymore i don't want to i don't need to know what you're thinking every moment of the day yeah i get followed uh on twitter i'd say i don't know at least twice a week maybe and these guys i mean i have no idea who they are and that you go in there and you instantly look to see how many how many followers does this person have versus how many people are they following and then you start asking yourself why is this happening why are they following me um and then you start to worry about how in the world did this person what bot found me (laughs) what robot yeah what robot do i have to worry about that that's cataloging me and what 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 line or what category do i fall in this also probably didn't help chelsea kane's case apparently when she found out that Mockingbird was ending. She she took to Twitter. Mm-hmm. And these are the tweets from October of 2016. Please buy Mockingbird issue number eight this Wednesday. Send a message to Marvel that there's room in comics for superhero stories about grown-up women. Two minutes later, Mockingbird is canceled, but we need to make sure Marvel makes room for more titles by women about women kicking ass. So yeah, that's gonna incite some neckbeards who are on Twitter, who live on Twitter and have no internal monologue. I feel social media as a whole is abused. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's that's for certain. Yeah, but um, it's always it's always the loudest one. It doesn't if in a group of a hundred people, the loudest one's going to get heard first. And it's usually I don't I, I got I have so many feelings and so many about this. I just I need to shut up. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just looking at some of the comments on this. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, did it seem to you all that she was? It, it, it just well, you've already said that it didn't come off as feminist. It just came off, you know, a certain way. But um, it just felt like she was just pissed off at the world at this point um, because her comic book was was canceled. Like we said, nobody was buying. And it was not because that it was bad. It was just people didn't relate to it. People didn't like it. People, you know, people have their opinions. Or it could have been that, that you know, Marvel didn't really, you know, put the amount of money in uh, in uh, behind it that, you know, or the kind of publicity behind it that, that she wanted. Um, so I want to read this one comment. Mockingbird number seven sold 14,751 issues. In the same month, Scarlet Witch number 10 sold 15,000 and change. DC's Bombshells number 17 sold 16,000 and change, and Spider Woman number 11 sold 17,000 and change. So there's an argument to be made here that people do buy comic books with women on, you know, look, Wonder Woman's still around. Wonder Woman still sells. I feel like the new 52 Batgirl sold pretty well. I don't I don't have stats in front of me, but certainly the Harley Quinn's new 52 run ran like eight volumes and like 40 some odd issues. Let's not forget about Spider Gwen. Yeah, Spider Gwen. um, Squirrel Girl. I was. Yep. So uh, the the idea that I, I, I don't think 
I don't, and now look at Jessica Jones. You not only does Jessica Jones have like a resurgence in comic books, but she has her own show. I don't think people, I don't think Chelsea, Chelsea Kane could really make the, make a argument that people are just not buying female oriented books. I I think people like a certain type. I think they want to see women kick ass and do fun stuff. Certainly, Captain Marvel's been around forever and is getting her own movie. People are demanding a Black Widow movie, and Black Widow has had her own series. But I think if you start to, if your if your book moves away from the action fantasy realm into anything even remotely political you're going to start to aggravate people. And I, and I, and I'm being somewhat facetious when I say just the neck beards, but I think, you know, uh, not, not to, not to pick at Ronnie, but Ronnie is a great example of somebody who wants to read fun books and be, and, and be told entertaining stories. And when books get too political and too preachy, he wants to throw oh, them into the street. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You lose me. Alexis. I don't know if you've, well, if they, <laughs> I'm going to assume the answer is going to be no here, but uh, I don't know if you've ever heard our Flintstones discussion that got incredibly <laughs> Political. And boy, did that have an agenda. And Ronnie was like, make this book and shove it. You know? And I think that's a lot of comic book fans. They're like they, you know, they're not picking these up because they want to be they want to be preached that they want to pick up just fun fictional stories to escape their humdrum lives. Which, you know, there's an argument for that being perfectly, perfectly fine. Yeah, I hate to say it. The more we talk about Kane's reactions and the more I look at the book, I'm starting to think, I don't think, it's, it's like, Kane, I think you're confusing feminism with pretentiousness, I guess maybe is mm. the word. I feel, and you know, I'm sorry, but I feel like she's basically, it's like she's saying, because my book was canceled, because my book wasn't read, then that means that you guys are against my feminist agenda. It's like, no, we're against it because you need to learn to write better. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm sorry, this is something that I actually see a lot, and I'm sorry to betray my gender like this, but I do see this a lot with women, that they take the stance that if they are talked, if they are told, if they are turned away, if they are, if someone says no to them, they say that's not going to be good enough or something they get on this high horse and say you're just talking down to me and you're doing this because i'm a woman and you're a man you're being sexist whatever and it's like no it's because you really it's like because it's not gonna i I hate to say this this kind of thing is prevalent in all discussions there's a massive amount of pseudo racism in the world people's like you're talking to us because you're a different race i mean it's like no i'm talking to you this way because you're wrong and i'm right it has nothing to do with the race it has nothing to do with the gender and i'm sorry i think Kane is getting on her high horse for a cause that is not really needed to be invoked here. I was thinking about Supergirl, and I currently have the wiki up. But here's a character that was invented, uh, let's see, 1958, and currently has her own television show, which is on its third season, probably going to have a fourth season, has a movie. It wasn't good, but at least she's got one. <laughs> it was terrible. It was better than... Can we please forget that movie existed? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I don't think anyone could make the argument that pe- people don't read Supergirl. I mean, for fuck's sake, I'm looking at her at the list of the amount of comics she's been in. There's several volumes of the New 52, several volumes of Rebirth before that. You know, she had she's had her own comics. I mean, she's been around forever and she's had comics and obviously they sold somewhat. You know, what? Like I said, Wonder Woman's been selling for years. The more we talk about it, I'm I'm, I'm with you, uh, Alexis. I think she's bent out of shape because her book got canceled and it was more of a, if she's being true to herself, more of a, hmm, 
I'm a professional writer. I should people should have been buying my stuff. What is obviously something wrong with the comic book fans? It's like no, we just like what we like. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of it out there. If you can ignore the stupidity of the cultural conversation around it, it's a fun book. You know, so many of of the comic books that are out there are so super serial. You know, or the, the baby dark side. Uh, you know, like again, if you're looking for why doesn't anyone just rob a bank anymore? This was a fun story. I agree with Mark on that. Okay, and Alexis. I don't think there's anything else to say except hashtag Corgi butts. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Uh, so, Alexis, this is your first ever source material show. And I. She's never I, coming back. Yeah. <laughs> first and last. <laughs> Let's go ahead. I want to ask you a few questions here because we, we kind of got an idea of the type of uh, uh, the type of work that you do. Honeysuckle Rose Creations. What is that again? Uh, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, intersection of geek and chic. It's, work, it's a company. We're based out of Kansas City, Missouri, specializing in making jewelry that is repurposed and upcycled from game pieces. We make necklaces out of dice, uh, earrings out of Monopoly and Clue pieces, buttons, pins, and bracelets out of Scrabble tiles and dominoes. The list goes on. Uh, virtually everything we make is uh, repurposed out of something else. How long have you been doing that? We actually are celebrating our six uh, six year anniversary. Uh, oh, spring. awesome! Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, what kind of inspired you to get into that? Well, uh, for a long time after t- I used to work uh, in broadcast, I was a graphic designer for a local news station here in KC. Lost my job in two thousand eight. The recession hit everyone pretty hard. It was like I just kind of lost my footing. And I couldn't find anything that really felt like a career after that. I bounced around job to job, tried a bunch of different stuff, but they all felt like placeholders, you know. And one night I get a call or not a call, a Facebook message from a girlfriend of mine. Uh, She is hosting a jewelry making class at this uh, crafter store and she wants to know if I'll come. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's that's something that's been on my bucket list. Learn how to make jewelry. Yeah, sure. I'll give it a try. And I joined her and I found out I had a talent for it. And I started making jewelry and making a ton of pieces that I gave to my family and friends. And I think they all went into the whole, oh, God, she's going through this phase. (laughs) Uh, I I joke regularly when I give jewelry to my parents, like, yep, you're going to have to put up with this. (laughs) um, I I found uh, tutorials online on how to make pieces out of uh, dominoes and scrabble tiles. And I started experimenting with that. And one day I saw that there I saw an article that uh, our local comic book convention, Planet Comic Con, was taking applications. And I thought this could actually be kind of fun. So I put in for an artist alley table, set up what little jewelry I had, walked away with one hell of a profit. And I thought, I think I just found what I'm supposed to be doing. Awesome. So ever since then, I travel around the country. I go to various comic book conventions. Yes, thank you, Eddie. I hear you in the background. My corgi is <laughs> demanding attention. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's, it's exhausting, but it's a really great life, and I love it. So you get to sit behind the table and watch the, you know, watch the con unfold. Do you have a favorite part about attending these conventions? Yeah, I love talking various fandoms and geekdoms with people who come by my table. Just this last weekend, or I'm sorry, weekend before last, I'm getting all my dates mixed up, I was playing at Comic-Con in Kansas City again. And I had these two cosplayers come by my table dressed as uh, Sora and Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm. So we ended up in this lengthy discussion about what we'd seen from Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, if it ever gets released. Mm-hmm. And the benefits outweighing the cons of what we thought was going to be some of the 
the summons versus the levels versus the bad guys and what we wanted to see. And I love talking to people about that kind of stuff. I love hearing what everyone has to say. I love just having someone come by my table and we'll open a discussion. It's like, so what did you say? Like, well, you know, where do you think the soul stone of the infinity stones are? You know, um, <laughs> oh my God, I have lost count of how many times that conversation has come up. Oh, yeah. But it's a lot of fun. I really love being a part of that. Yeah. Hi. Sorry. The, the corgi just walked up and started kissing my face. <laughs> Corgi's, Corgi's like, eat up about this. Give me attention. <laughs> uh, so, okay. H- hitting the con circuit, uh, I- interacting with fans and interacting with th- those that, uh, that are attending there. Do you have yourself a favorite con interaction, like either with celebrity or con goer? Well, unfortunately, I don't get to meet as many celebrities as people think. Usually, most of the celebrities I know are uh, behind very long lines, behind curtains. It's very hard to get to them. And obviously, when you're working a table, you cannot disappear for three hours to go wait and get an autograph. Mm-hmm. If you want to see someone. Yeah. You know, I, I worked a show uh, in Philadelphia. Tom Hiddleston was the guest of honor. And yeah, I would have given my left arm to meet him, but there was no way in hell I could abandon the table for that long. Gotta be a responsible adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite stories to share, actually, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a certain graphic novel. It goes by the name uh, The Bible 2 by Z.M. Thomas. Have either of you ever read it? No, I've never heard of that. Uh, it's it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> it's the sequel? It's The the cover is Jesus riding a glittery Pegasus. Oh, okay? wonderful. <laughs> it's exactly Ronnie, what get on that shit. <laughs> I'm good. It's a great <laughs> book. It's it's yeah, it's ungodly blasphemous, but it is a great book and I love it. Well, uh one of my earlier years working it was a show in Minneapolis. Uh the author Zam Thomas was gonna be there selling his book, and the way they had the tables positioned was that a handful of some of the bigger name vendors were actually facing uh some of the celebrities. Amongst them was Kevin Sorbo. You guys know who Sorbo is, right? That name sounds familiar. Any of you guys? Hercules. 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 Okay, thank you. Yeah, P is uh, yeah Hercules Legendary Journeys. Uh, more recently, he's been in the God's Not Dead movies. And uh, Mr. Sorbo has actually become a born-again Christian. And, you know, good for him, whatever. But apparently, when he saw that he was going to be opposite the Bible, too, oh, again, no. I don't know how ugly it got, but apparently he demanded that they shuffle the vendors because he refused to stare at that book all weekend long oh wow and when we got there about 60 percent of the vendors and artists had no idea where they were setting up we were told all of the tables had been moved everything had been thrown around a handful of my other friends who are vendors came in they friday morning were supposed to be finalizing our setup and they don't know where they're supposed to go and i'm laughing my ass off because i got a free upgrade to a corner table <laughs> like i'm not complaining i got something good out of this heck yeah well, well, last year uh, at another convention, I walked around for a bit on my break and I ran into Zam Thomas and I said, you know, I, I, you know, I've known about you for years. I really got to get your book. Uh, he and I have a very good mutual friend, author Dirk Manning, who uh, did a, a bit on the book as well. So we started talking about him. And I said, yeah, I've been wanting to buy your book since the whole debacle with Kevin Sorbo years ago. And he just stares at me and goes, people know about that? <laughs> Did you did you say, oh yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> uh. 
I was just kind of laughing. I was like, are you kidding me? It's one of my favorite stories to tell. Now, I I have met a few smaller celebrities. Brad Jones, always known as uh, the cinema snob. He came by my table at my first convention this year. It was so funny because I was setting up pins. He came by with his wife. I had my back turned and they're asking about my keychains. And I'm I'm telling them and I have no idea who it is. And I turn around. I'm like, yeah, so oh, my God. And I just realized who you are. Holy crap. Sounds like a lot of fun. What's what's the next con on the schedule? Next one is actually here. Well, it's it's technically Kansas City. It's Overland Park. That's a uh, small section of the uh, Kansas side of the city. We're going to be working NACACon. It's a big anime convention. Really excited about that. We're also getting ready for uh, Cape Comic Con in Cape Girardeau. Just found out that Lou Ferrigno is going to be a guest of honor there. That's going to be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the joke I keep making, though, is that another guest of honor is Reb Brown. Do any of you gentlemen know who Reb Brown is not me was he on sanford and son <laughs> next he was do you, do you gentlemen remember the first captain america movie with the clear plastic shield on the no that's, is he the captain is he captain america he was he, and also if you guys are big mst3k fans this is the guy who was the lead in space mutiny yes okay okay yeah <laughs> Sorry, I'm a big so Mr. Science Theater fan. So we're <laughs> going to have a table close to him. I'm going to start a count of how many people walk up and say one of the nicknames that Joel or Mike and the robots gave him. Which, yeah. Which, uh, you know, bridge large, whip large blood. <laughs> Oh, that'll be a blast. Can I ask Alexis a question? Yeah, absolutely. I'm currently scheduling for the next five years of podcast. Is there a book you'd like to cover? God, man. (laughs) No, um, is there, in all seriousness, is there a book that you're passionate about, a story that you're passionate about, anything that you would like to, you would endeavor to come back on this podcast to talk about? Well, unfortunately, you guys mentioned you've already talked about some of my favorite books, Red Sun, Runaways. Haven't done Kingdom Come. You know what? If you guys want to talk about Kingdom Come, please. I would love to be on about that. All right. So uh, Kingdom Come, anything else? I'm assuming you guys have completely covered all the Sin City books. No. Sin City? No, I I initially did schedule that. But I, I, okay, what happened with that, Alexis, was we were going to do just the books that were incorporated in the movies. But there's, but I didn't realize it wasn't one book, one movie. It was like six books, one movie. So I'm like, fuck it. We're not doing any of them now. And we did something else instead. But yeah, okay. So the Sin City books. And you know what I hate to say, but yeah, you guys really should look at Bible too. I'm looking at the cover right now. <laughs> Jesus on a pink Pegasus holding two machine guns, and it looks like he's got laser vision. Oh boy. What's it called? Bible two? Bible two. Bible two. Ronnie Adams? No. Of the screaming boy podcast. <laughs> Ronnie Adams is like, I will be sick that day. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, okay. I see it. Bible two by Amelia Wu and oh currently unavailable. Damn it. But uh, yeah, it's Jesus with two machine guns with lasers coming out of his eyes on a pink uh, on a pink Pegasus. Could we cover this for Easter? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, that'd be awesome. I officially resign. <laughs> Ronnie Adams of the not so impressed. I am begging. <laughs> Jesse, I am begging you for you, me, and Alexis to do it to do a to do a special episode. Oh, just the three gosh. of us. Just the just so we can debut it on Easter. Oh Bible too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not making you do it. I understand. And you're not making me jack. So 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 she says the book is sort of blasphemous. <laughs> and, <laughs> even the dog says no. <laughs> 
Can you guys hear my dog in the background? <laughs> as as Mark schedules, as he always does. Let's let's bring this conversation to a close. We've been going on for two hours here. Okay. I, well, I, well, we will definitely get Kingdom Come on the schedule somewhere. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm 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 definitely down with talking about that. That is a good book. All right. Well, let's get into plugs and let's get the heck on out of here. Let's start with Alexis. You you, you kind of just plugged most of your stuff already, but please feel free to let the, the listeners know once again where can they find Honeysuckle Rose Creations. Where can they find you at if they, if there's anything you'd like to plug? Have at it. Well, like I said, we are going to be appearing at NakaCon in Overland Park in March. We are launching a bunch of brand new products on our Etsy and Amazon handmade at Amazon stores, including our brand new Black Panther inspired Wakandan charm bracelets. Really proud of these. I put a lot of work into them. These are going to be coming online. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and under protest, Twitter. Honeysuckle <laughs> Rose Creations. Very good. All right. Ronnie Adams of the What do we got going on in, uh, in the world of Screamway? Oh, Lord. Um, as you all know, I have a podcast called Screaming Boy, the Screaming Boy Podcast. You do? I do. I do. It is a wonderful podcast where I get together with friends and talk about anything nerd culture, pop culture related. We just recorded not too long ago. It's going to go up pretty soon here. We, uh, what did we talk about, Jesse? Lord Buddy, Lord. we went to the arcade, my friend. We did. We, t- we had fun at the arcade. Uh, we, we went through our couch cushions and we gathered up our quarters and we went to the arcade, talked about uh, the history of the arcade, the, the rise and the fall, the um, uh, our favorite arcade games. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Jesse, who actually worked at an arcade, shared with a couple of, couple of funny stories um, about his time uh, that he put in in the arcade. Poop. So, poop. All, all stories lead to poop. <laughs> no joke. Indeed. But, uh, but it was a lot of fun. So it should be going up on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, and the Red Legend Broadcasting Network uh, here in the next couple of days. We've had a lot of, you know, just go back and check us out. Uh, we've had a lot of great, uh, great shows in the past here. And um, we are uh, on Facebook, just search Screaming Boy Podcast. We are on Twitter at Screaming Boy PR. We are on uh, Instagram, Screaming Boy Podcast. Um, I will be doing some convention updates here soon. Uh, in March 17th, uh, March 17th and 18th, I believe that is, uh, I'll be going to North Carolina Comic Con in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and uh, there's a lot of great, uh, a lot of cool stuff going on there. They just announced Orlando Jones is going to be there. I actually have a ticket to, to get in line and to meet and have something signed by Kevin Eastman of Eastman and Laird. And there's going to be, you know, there's always, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of events going on in North Carolina on a Comic-Con last time I was there in Durham. Uh, and then in July, I will be going to uh, Raleigh Supercon in Raleigh, Carolina. There is a ton of people, people. that are going to be there. Um, they just announced Alice Cooper is, uh, is as a guest. Be my Frankenstein. Be, yes. So I'm really stoked about that. Uh, I really want to meet Alice Cooper. I the, let's see who else is going to be there. There's uh, John Barrowman from the Arrow. Uh, from Arrow, he's going to be there. Uh, ton of wrestlers. Uh, Mick Foley. Holy Sergeant Slaughter, Trish Stratus, uh, Christian Cage, uh, as he's known now as, uh, which he was just Christian. Uh, I guess he's going by Christian Cage now. I don't There's know. a lot of snoring dogs going on right now. He, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's pretty loud. <laughs> Is there really? I can't hear it. Everyone, okay, think, like, corgi outside. I'm going to be at this cock. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> 
Sorry. I was, what am I supposed to do? Wake him up? Also, Dave Batista, Sean Gunn, and Palm. I can't really, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she played Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. They're all going to be there. Oh, gosh. Uh, Tom King. Tom oh, King yeah. Yeah, there. that'll be awesome. I'm super stoked about that. I would love to find the issue uh, number one of uh, Vision uh, and have him sign it, but uh, good luck to me on that because that is uh, the you can't you can't even find a trade of those hardly anymore that I, at a convention. But uh, hopefully there'll be some there. Uh, so there's a, I mean they've announced a, a ton of people you know from anime from uh, Power Rangers the whole nine. So I'm really really stoked about, about going to that. And uh, other than that, uh, you know just check us out on social media, give us a follow, give us a like, and subscribe. Very good. All right, Mark Rattlich, the schedule, sir. What do we got coming up on the Rattlich and Broadcasting Network on Spreaker? Okay. If you're if you go to Spreaker right now, you'll find source material, Aquaman Volume One. Hey, a real quick uh, correction from last week. I kept saying that the second volume of the New Fifty Two Aquaman was Black Manta Rising. That's actually Rebirth. The uh, volume two that we'll be doing in December is The Others, which features Black Manta. I just got a little confused with the titles. Oh, um, okay. We have a schedule change tomorrow night. Uh, TV Surprise. party, instead of, instead of doing Black Sales, is going to do the what was once the WB is now the CW Aquaman pilot. So like 11 years ago, before Arrow, before The Flash, they experimented with an Aquaman show, ran a pilot. It did not get picked up, but it is available on iTunes for like two bucks. Ronnie and I are going to talk about that tomorrow night on the TV party tonight. That that ought to be fun. And then the Metal Hammer of Doom had a successful show with some unsuccessful music. Philip H. Unsamo and the Appliances. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna see if our luck holds out this week and we can continue to play some fun music it's the debut album from rum ahoy the triumph of piracy we're gonna do the haitian slam oh such a great album it really is it's fun that earlier that's fun next week when this album de- when this um show debuts we will uh we got a full week of shows I'm actually going to do, a, we're going to do four shows in a row. We've got this Mockingbird show. We've got Damn You Hollywood starts its run of uh, weekly shows with Death Wish, the remake. The Metal Hammer of Doom will review the new Andrew WK. And Sean Comer will be making his first appearance on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network on Spreaker with On Trial, the original Death Wish with Charles Bronson. That's all I got for now. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, go give that Rattlich and Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. Usually what we're going to do is, like um, Mark Rattlich said, we're moving from Blog Talk to Spreaker, so we will be posting the links to the Facebook page. That's probably the best way to stay on tap for what we have to offer here on this network. do want to thank our special guest co-host, Alexis Hanna, for coming on here and discussing the book with us. I want to give shout out to Remington Hitchcock from the Dueling Ogres podcast. Yes, I remembered your name this time, buddy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for chatting with us there. Thanks for all the Corgi Butt comments on the chats as well. I think we have definitely opened up a can of Corgi Worms uh, on the old uh, podcast tonight. This will be a lot of fun. Edit, have a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's about it for Mark Rattlich, for my good buddy Ronnie Adams, for Alexis Haina. And myself, Jesse Starcher, I want to wish everybody a great evening. Have a good one.
I don't know if you've read it either, Alexis. No, I was asking her because she might have read it too. Um, and that I wanted to make sure I said her damn name right because I'm an idiot. Tuesday is free for all of 2018 and it's only February. Eternity's right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be at the pearly gates. Mark Radlich will be just sitting there waiting with a sketch on his hands. <laughs> what took you so long? Uh, <laughs> and, and and I guess they're both okay with it. It doesn't go any further than foot rubbing. It's a fucking comic book. Well, I don't know. I say that, but then there's Saga and there's fucking in the butt. Fucking in the butt. Fucking in the butt. Yeah, but that's... Why that's, 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 <laughs> uh, that's, that's I don't image you. comics. Not, not big two, though. Why don't you sing it? Um... Because I mean, there's obvious reasons. <laughs> Are they? Um, oh my no, God. I, so, so I just you, you're arguing. Just arguing. <laughs> so I just um, corgi <laughs> butt cookie cutter. Thank you. Put that on a T-shirt, Mindy. Source oh, material. Yes. Uh, the source material podcast. A market for corgi butts. Please, please do. <laughs> Which I'll go ahead and kind of plug as soon as I scroll up from all the corgi butt stuff. Um, <laughs> 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 what was it here? Do you like it in the butt? <laughs> what, what? Yeah. What, what? Corgi butt. I said, what, what? Corgi butt. Are we going to acknowledge that Jesse's back? What yeah. the, What happened? Dude, I went on a rant for like five minutes, and then I talked to Ronnie. <laughs> and, there, and then I, I'm like, what, why is everybody quiet? I heard 75% of that, and I agree with 100% of it. What do you think of that? Terrific. <laughs> put it on, put it on a source material. I, I heard. 75% and I agree with 100%. Oh, wow. Put it on a t-shirt, Mindy. Big old corgi butt. I like the... I like... No, wait a second. I, you just said big old corgi butt. <laughs> I like big butts and I cannot... Like, Are you asking her if she tripped over Brian Michael Bendis? <laughs> Was he laying on the floor? I'm interested in that story. <laughs> Why are you uh, stuffing those comics in your pants? Because my kids are idiots. Um, <laughs> nice. How, how old are they? My children, seven and almost four. Almost four. Yeah, you 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 obviously lay a lot of responsibility on the almost four year old. Okay. I, He's I like, oh yeah, I'll watch your books, Daddy. Oh, squirrel. <laughs> I. Uh, you guys done the long Halloween? Yes. <laughs> we just six hours, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, did we ever. <laughs> Required listening with Amazon Music. Dad Music again? The greatest guitarist of all time. Wait, who? Alexa, add this song to a new playlist. Sure, what's the new playlist name? Jack's Intro to Classic Rock. Adding Stepping Stone by Jimi Hendrix to Jack's Intro to Classic Rock playlist. Amazon Music, the simplest way to listen to the music you and soon he will love. New customers start your 30-day free trial at AmazonMusic.com. Renews automatically, cancel anytime. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy could quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! 
But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah. There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.